Let's just believe to receive something from God tonight. I believe we were encouraged this morning. There's more. I said there's more. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence tonight. I thank you for your precious people. Thank you, Lord, that you have good plans and, uh, for them. And uh, you have plans for us, Father God, to carry out in the earth today, to be a blessing where we are, and for our influence to extend beyond our immediate presence. Thank you, Lord, that the glory of the Lord is strong on our lives. And I pray that you'd continue revealing yourself to us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for your precious Holy Word and Holy Spirit. We reverence you tonight. We thank you for your help to not only speak, but also to understand what's being said. Uh, understand what, what's on the heart of the Father, on the heart of the Lord Jesus. And everybody that can agree with that, can you please say amen? amen. So as Pastor Nancy mentioned, tonight's message is entitled... Uh, you know when to hold them and know when to fold them, part two. If you weren't here this morning, uh, we had a lot of fun. I'm not going to be able to go through a lot, but I have to give you a premise or else you'll think that I've really lost it. Basically, the Lord just impressed me on following the model of considering the family card game, the friendly, wholesome family card game where uh, you gather around the table and uh, and grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads and kids and and in the middles and middle folks middle age everybody gets together and uh, the premise is that everyone has dealt a specific number of cards each with varying values or potential points and during alternating turns each player makes decisions on whether to what do you do when you play cards help me out you hold them or you trade them or you cash them in or you put cards down you play them right uh and then uh you you sometimes you set the cards down with a presumed value combination assuming that you've got the high card numbers and uh, ultimately what you want to do is reveal what you feel is the winning hand and then at the end of the game, everyone's hand is challenged and all the cards have to go on the, on the table, right? And then, uh, then you count it out and then the truth is revealed. Who really has the winning hand? And uh, how many of you ever played family games like that? I mean, you go on vacation, you got Crazy Eights and Canasta and, and uh, all these number of games. So uh, it, it seemed to go over real big with the first uh, couple crowds this morning. I hope it goes over okay with you tonight. If you have a problem with gambling, see me afterwards. We'll pray for you. But th this is not about gambling, okay? <laughs> really. It, let me get a little closer to you. I said this is not about gambling, but it's a very potent it's a potent little parallel that you could use as, as God can, can just penetrate and catch us off guard so that you could see where you are in the Lord. Amen? So, there were two principles in review again that we do when we're playing these card games. Uh, and that is, we need to know once the cards are dealt to us, whatever they are, five cards, seven cards, nine cards, eleven cards, or the whole deck among all the people, I don't know, whether you're playing Go Fish or whatever it is, what happens is um, you make decisions on whether to hold them, right, or whether to fold them. That's probably the two primary decisions. And the premise that the Holy Spirit was really emphasizing today is a lot in life... Uh, 
that, that you experience on a daily basis, uh, you're, you're faced with things that you're either going to hold on to or let go. And in fact, we found that our future, our families, our ministries, our careers, the quality of life that we live greatly depends on what you hang on to and what you let go. Amen? Is everybody with us so far? Okay. How many people were not here this morning? I have to, I'm going real careful. Okay, good. So I, I, I'm going pretty well here. So, so basically, what you hang on to and what you let go defines your position and how you're going to enjoy life. Amen. Amen. And so we've all uh, played games where we mis- mistakenly he- held on to bad hands and we have well-meaning mentors that, I don't know if the first time I went to play canasta, I don't know, there's so many rules, it's so confusing and intimidating, all yes but this and yes but that and, and then the wild card this and that and so many points this, but if you have so many cards here and you've got to put that down and going out and all that, oh my God, it's really, really challenging. But the thought is here, when you're starting out, a gracious mentor will come alongside you and they'll help you with some of your moves, right? That's how you learn to play these games. Is that right? And, and then sometimes you're a newbie. Say newbie. You go to lay down. You think you're going to say, okay, I got this. I got this. I'm going to put a play down. And you put the play down and then your mentor's going, ooh, you don't want to do that. Ooh, that's not really. And then see, because you don't really know the value of the cards that you have in your hand. I mean, you don't quite understand the value that you have in your hands. And so they'll come to you graciously and they'll say to you, wait, 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 you really want to hang on to, we'll give you a little grace, pull that back, hang on to that, you need that for later in the game, or there's a better combination, or this is, you forgot that was a wild card, that's a real strong card to play, but later, don't put it down now. Everybody with us so far? All right. So, okay, we're moving pretty fast. We took about 15 minutes to build this one, but here we got it in two or three minutes. All right, are we okay, Pastor Nancy? Okay, okay. All right, so, basically, um, the choices in life come to us all. And, uh, and tonight, as we, as we follow this little storyline together, this little adventure, um, we, uh, we're going to model it after a card game. And Deuteronomy 30, verse 9 through 20, we're not going to read all that, don't want to intimidate anyone, but, but in verse 19 in the New King James Version, we're, we're uh, told that I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him. That sounds like you're going to hold that. You gotta, can I say it this way? You've got to hold the God card? Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Everyone's too quiet tonight. Don't worry, we'll have fun eventually. So, so, so these decisions come to you. And, and we were talking... Uh, today uh, about how some people, most of us, the circumstances that you find yourself in, you can, you can almost consider it a hand that was dealt to you, right? Right? And how many of you have ever had a lousy hand? Like, oh, there isn't any two of a, nothing, no, there's no even nothing, there's no power cards, there's no wild cards, what's up with this hand? And then what's really fun about the game of, gar- of cards is that in, in, in certain games, you know, you get to your turn and you're able to cast, if you feel like it, just get rid of all these cards. I just want to cut loose of all of them because you realize, as a seasoned player, you understand, that these cards have no value to them. Are you with me? No value. So you let them go with hopes 
that maybe when the dealer hits you with seven more, or 11 more, whatever the cards are, that you're going to get, everybody say it, a better hand. And so then those, those cards have a different value to them and you can make a better play. And then you could have a better chance of winning. Thank you. Okay, everybody's with us so far. Hallelujah. I think, I think oh man, it's really good tonight. So, I want, I want to share with you a text from Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9. And, uh, and I'll read it to you, then we'll just explain a little bit before we take off on it. But what things were gain to me, this is Paul speaking, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for the whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And if you just take a little minute here with me to examine this, please understand what Paul traded. He was he was. The cards that were dealt to him. Look at the cards that he had in his hand. He had this card. He was pedigree Israelite. He was circumcised the eighth day. Stock of Israel. Tribe of Benjamin. Blameless in the law. So he had a perfect. He was a straight A person. If you know what I'm saying. He also was a Pharisee of Pharisees, which means he was the top of his field. And a Pharisee was like a doctor of the law. So you can tell it that he's got PhDs behind him. He spent a lot of time working on this position. And he meant it. He was unmatched in zeal. He had the highest qualification if there was such a thing as being, give me the mic or whatever, just at the top of the game, he was it. And he was, he was totally going to get the gold medal of Pharisaical living. In fact, if you had the magazine Pharisee Today, that was him. But something happened to Paul. When the next card was dealt to him, there was a day where the J card was dealt to him. What was the J card? Help me out. The Jesus card was held to him. And when he really saw, Je when Jesus revealed himself, Paul, Paul, a voice from heaven came to him and said, why are you persecuting me, Paul? It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And he was so astounded. He said, who are you? But he called him Lord because he realized, hey, this is big. I mean, I've got a lot. I know I thought I had it all together. I had my stuff together. I was at the top of my game. But whoa, this is another level. I have no idea what where is this coming from? In fact, I think he fell to the ground and he was also blinded. All right. So the J card totally took him out. And here's the thought. At that moment, he traded everything that he had. Everything. And think of the sacrifice that that represents. Because that represents position. That represents privilege. It represents financial security. Help me somebody. It represents power. It represents influence. He had it. His retirement was set. He was a rich man. But at that moment, he gave it all up. And you don't give things up 
like that. Uh, we're not asking you. Jesus is not asking you to give anything up. How about this? Unless you recognize the value that's so much greater. Are you listening to me? If you own a little two-bedroom bungalow and somebody comes up to you and says, I'm forcing you to give this up. He says, no, this is my bungalow, my bungalow. Give me my, I'm going to hang on to my bungalow. But somebody says, well, wait a minute. For free, tax-free for the rest of your life, we're going to give you this 24-bedroom, four-swimming pool, golf course, all the maid service included for the rest of your life mansion at the top of the hill. Would, would you please let go of the bungalow so we just can give you this 24-bedroom mansion? And some people, when that card comes, they'll say, no, i got to have my little bungalow. This is grandma's bungalow and mama's bungalow is going to be my bungalow. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am not hanging on to some little bogus bungalow. Somebody say bogus bungalow. When a card is being offered to me that for obvious reasons it's high. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Value. Value. Yelp is a phenomenon. Do you know what Yelp is? Everybody knows Yelp is? It's an online community that somebody got this idea where they start appraising businesses, appraising salons, appraising uh uh, all, all manner of products and, and, and services. And so, I mean, even churches have Yelp. And I'm going to tell you something. You should go on Yelp on Heart of the Bay and say, Love it! Five star, baby! I just, I can't give it enough stars. Church people are appraising it. What, we appraise jewelry. We appraise property. Hello, somebody. So this idea of finding value or what the value is of something is not new to us human beings. You go to buy a car, sell a car, you, the first thing you do, how many ever heard of Kelly Blue Book? You immediately run to that and say, what's the Kelly Blue Book on my 49 Ford? <laughs> well, maybe that's a little early. 76 Malibu. <laughs> what's the Blue Book value? They've got the high and they've got the low. You know what I'm talking about. So valuing is not something new to the human existence. And yet you have people like Paul who was very skilled at valuing things. And when he finally got that J card, he said, that's it. I'm cashing in everything. And then we also talked about Moses who cashed in everything. Who for when it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it says how Moses, when he came of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction of God's people and so forth, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches. Or he perceived there were greater riches uh, uh, than all the treasures in Egypt. I got a question for you. How many treasures do you think there were in Egypt? I'm just trying to just egg me on just a little bit. Can I just say that Moses was filthy rich? He could have anything he wanted. Anything. He had his own palace. He had servants galore. He could do any, He could play golf till he dropped. If there was golf in Egypt, I don't really know. He could do anything he wanted. Have anything he wanted. His perfect retirement. Everything. Everything that you and I would think like, boy, that's, that's really good right there. Bro, that, that, and he's in line for the throne, too. Watch that front row. You might get sprayed. I know. <laughs> I know. She said, I know. Don't worry. I aim this way, sister. I'll... And yet, he threw it all away. He had that card in his hand, but when he came to grips with who he was 
in God and what Jehovah had and to understand that what, what Egypt had was fleeting and fading and what was over here was eternal and greater recompense of reward. Remember, he's not, God's not asking him to trade one thing for another that's less. It's always surpassing much greater. You've got to understand he had regard for the recompense of reward. What in the world does recompense of reward mean? Recompense. We're talking moolah, baby. We're talking about real substance. That when you serve God, we're not serving God for substance. But when you give your life to God, I have a question for you. Was Abraham a poor pauper? Was he begging for food? He was so wealthy, he was tipping the economy of the nations that he was going. They wanted him to get away from us. You have so much... Uh, so much uh, servants and man, he had a whole army. He had, I mean, all the, the count of, of all the livestock that he had. It was, can I just say ridiculous? Abraham was so filthy rich, it was ridiculous. And they wanted to move him out. They said he was tipping the economy and he was too powerful. He says, look, you've got to move on, brother. You've got too much. Look, it, it pays to serve God. We're not serving God to get paid. Are you listening to me? But when God offers you a card, you better listen. God wants to bless you. He wants you to be a covenant man on the earth so that you can have a voice for him. Hallelujah. Praise God and have some influence. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, moving right along. So, Jesus encourages us in Mark chapter 8, moving right along, that we're uh, supposed to... To be his disciple, we're supposed to let go of the lower life so we could hang on to the higher life. You can't have both. Are you hearing me? You can't have both. So, you know, there's stories about this and that. Okay, good. And I can just kind of pick it up sort of there. We did talk about uh, Esau who um, despised his birthright. You've got to understand about what a birthright is. What is a birthright? It is a substantial benefit to a person to have a Jewish birthright. Uh, what it did, it, it entitled the firstborn male to a double portion of all the property and the inheritance. Double, double. Plus, it also enabled him to have a special, extra special blessing that the father would give. And what happens here is that it says in, in the book of Genesis, and we're not going to read all that, but what happened is that he got hungry and he just said to his brother, just give me some of that stinking stew, will you? I'm dying over here. And his brother, of course, tricked him, but not really. He didn't value the birthright. It says here in the voice of verse 34b, says that Esau treated his valuable birthright contemptuously, living Bible, that he ate and drank and went about his business indifferent to the loss of the rights that he had thrown away. When that card came to him, he had the B card, the birthright. I got to tell you something. When you were born again, you've got a birthright. You've got rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. There are things that go along with that. But some people, they don't want to hear that. I got those notes already. All you guys talk about is faith and, and righteousness and authority. I'm going to go someplace else where we hear about suffering. Well, maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. I'm sorry. Those that live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But let me tell you something. There's grace. Hallelujah. Just don't come crying. Praise God. God's got grace for you. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe that was mean. I'm sorry. I apologize. 
But here we go with the Amplified Bible. Esau despised the birthright. He ate, drank, rose up, and went his way. And Esau scorned his birthright as beneath his notice. Beneath. In other words, it was under him. Like, dude, church? I don't need no church. I don't need another faith message. I don't need to hear that. Healing? Like, what are they doing talking about? Joy like figures. I do not need this. Give me the 49er game. You know? Yeah. Somebody said, well, say it again, Brother Andre. Well, not valuing exactly what's go- what is going on here when we're talking about faith and joy and love and peace. What's going on here? You're having valuable those cards that are being dealt to you, they're power plays. And talk about the Holy Ghost. Like, you're like, oh boy, are we really going to have the, another teaching on the Holy Ghost? Oh, there goes Pastor Brandon again. She's going to preach about the J card again. Oh, joy. Oh, God. Joy, the joy card. Yeah, really, you could use some of it. Just don't come crying to me when you feel weak and emaciated because it's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He said, uh, in James, he says, count it all joy when you enter into diverse temptations, tests and trials, knowing that the trial, bless God, of your faith worketh patience and let patience have its perfect work in you so that you might be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. I like that. That feels good to me. Hallelujah. So go ahead, Pastor Brenda, preach on your joy. Mm, I'll get right in there. I'll run with the best of them. Hallelujah. See, somebody that despises that, they don't know the difference. It's kind of like friends that we've had. We've been here almost over three decades, you know. And we know people that came to this church and they heard one of the cards was dealt to them. How about the, I was mentioning this morning, the V and the F card, which is victory and faith. Victory and faith card, like Oh, no, they're preaching on victory again. Like, man, that's all those people preach on. You know, I'm going to go find me another church that preaches on something better. So let's say years go by and they haven't preached on faith in a while. They're preaching on love. And we're having the boundary seminar, personal relationships. Husbands love your wives. And, ooh, hallelujah. We're teaching on, on prayer, how to pray and all these wonderful things. And then that person says, well, it's kind of dry out here. Let's go back to Heart of the Bay to see if they learn anything new. Because, you know, Heart of the Bay, they are so dry. Man, I'm so tired. They don't have anything new there. All they talk about is Mark 11:23. So then they come and sit in the service 10 years later and they sit there and then Pastor Mark opens his Bible up and he says, all right, everyone turn with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23 or 23 and 24. And they're like, oh, no, I told you they've said the same message again. Well, here, how about this? You didn't take that card the last time. Maybe it's God's mercy that that card's being offered to you again. Because you're the person, my dear friend, you're the one that's talking wrong, believing wrong, you're not praying right, and you are not pleasing God. Because, my friend, without faith, you cannot please God. Not only that, the just shall live by it. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when you come crying to our back door... And you say, oh, I lost this and I lost that. And the devil's after me. Bless his holy name. They get their praises mixed up. Says, brother, where have you been? There's no victory in their life. Take a guess. Hello. Why is there no victory in their life? Oh, everything's bad. Everything's well. Surprise. You need victory. Okay, you need faith. Because faith is the victory. I think I made my point. So when that card comes to you, see, every time you come to church, there's another card being offered to you. There's another play. But here's the thing. You got, you got cards in your hand. Don't, you know, everybody keeps smiling. You can only hold so many cards in your hand. 
And you can't have the doubt and unbelief card in your hand and the faith card at the same time. That's part of the rules. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have doubt and unbelief and, and that in your hand. You've got to put something down so that you could take the new one up. You've got to recognize when you've got a bad hand. And here's another one. When you do have a bad hand, there's a whole lot of people everywhere that are saying, Listen, I didn't have any privileges. I had a lousy dad. I had a lousy mom, or I didn't, I, 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 I didn't even go to a good school, and, and, and I, had, I had to leave, and, and early, I didn't, nobody gave me any breaks, I can't do it, you know, I say, friends, okay, was that the kind of card you had that in your life, that's the, 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 the cards that life dealt to you, alright, well, take a guess, when you come to church, we open for business, we're shuffling out the cards and we're putting out new cards. Hallelujah. And if you have lousy cards, bless God, come to church and get you some new cards. God's got a new card for you so that the next time it's your turn, there could be a move of God on your move. Hallelujah. Are you feeling this so far? All our friends that... Okay, so really quickly, um, this morning we, we focused on, on two things that... Actually, one thing was relationships, um, that, uh, and, and that's where we ended tonight, right this morning, about relationships. And uh, uh, the people, the first, the first and, and the greatest uh, card that you'll ever want to hang on to is the God card, the G card. You absolutely have got to have the same attitude that, uh, that Paul had and modeled so beautifully. He finally said, I'm giving up everything for Christ. It's not Christ and, it's Christ only. Now, listen, you're not saved by anything but Jesus Christ and His grace by faith. Come on. By faith, by, through faith, by grace through faith in Him. There's, there's nothing you can do. And there's plenty of W cards out there. What's the W card? It's the works card. Well, I really served and I did the cupcake fund and I just, dude, that's the wrong card. Put that stinking W card down and get the, get the, come on, help me somebody, get the right card. Get that J card going because that J card is going to change everything in your life. You know, there are people, listen carefully, there are people that have sat in churches for years and never made Jesus their personal Lord. They never took the J card and said, that's mine. See, it's okay. Like, this happens to church. It happens a lot with younger generation. They come to church because mom and dad bring you to church. And that's good. But there comes a point, my friend, where you become old enough to where you have to choose. It's not just my mom's God. It's not just my, da- my dad's God. It's not just my grandma's God. He's my God. And you hang on to that. And nobody is going to take that from my life. I have seen the lights go on again and again and again. I am so proud of what God has done in so many of our youth. Hallelujah. I have, I have family members where the lights just came on. I mean, they were in ministry for heaven's sake. I mean, they were ministry family. Just because you're a ministry family doesn't mean that you're immune. And the lights, nephews in that, where the, where the Spirit of God just came and quickened them. And the J card was ministered to them. And they realized, whoa, I haven't really made Jesus my personal Lord. I've been around it, but I haven't really done it. And when they did it, everything changed. 
Just like Paul, they let go and they were so much more productive. Hallelujah. So thank God for that. So that's the first card was the J card. But the other thing is the MG card. And the MG card we talked about this morning was the ministry gift card. You see, uh, Christ gave gifts to men. And I want, when, I, when I say this, I don't want you to think about people. I need you to think about the office that they stand in. And there are, there are offices that have been given by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastors, apostles, apostles prophets, pastors, uh, and, and evangelists, teachers... All right, these, these are ministry gifts and men and women stand in that office. And there is something about that. There's, it's like a power play, if you will. I'm not saying there's some people that they, they, don't, they don't really feel like uh, they need a pastor in their life or someone that's going to speak into their life. But let me tell you something. Jesus said, I need this and you need this. So I'm giving this to you. Do you think he did that just to take up space? No, he didn't. Now, listen, there are people that stand in that office. Listen carefully now. There are people that stand in that office that stand in that office poorly. They take advantage of it. Shepherds and evangelists that they take advantage of the office. But then just on again, on the other hand, there are people that stand in that office that stand in that office with integrity. Samuel was a prophet of a prophet. Let me tell you something. Are you listening? Well, there are other people that they stood in the office of the king and they did OK for a while. But then they they wandered off the anointing and they, they, they did things that were not pleasing to God. Am I talking right now? So from this position now of believing God for the office, uh, we don't have time to get into it, but I know Nancy Dufresne did a fabulous job about talking about the office of the pastor. And really, Dr. Ed Dufresne, before I went to heaven, he talked about, I magnify my office. Please understand, these offices have something divine that's meant for you. And if you, and if you are cooked up with the right ministry gift, listen to me now and really receive what they're saying and judge it from your heart. See, God's not asking you to just uh, receive anything and everything. You've got the Holy Spirit. But when someone is speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit and they're standing in an office, it's quite different than just some casual thing. It's a supernatural deposit that comes from heaven and it goes right into you and the result is evident. You prosper from it. In fact, Israel was told, listen, Israel, he said, listen to your prophets and so shall you prosper. Is that right? I said, is that right? So evidently, as a church, we need to learn how to deal with the MG card. And I, I just feel like I need to touch this just a little bit. When you approach a scenario where an MG card is being flashed to you and you're playing this game, you're like, dude, I'm sorry. I've been hurt by pastors before. And you know what I'm going to say to that? Join the club. We've all been hurt by somebody. People are people. But that doesn't change the office of the pastor, the office of the prophet, the office of the evangelist, the pastor, teacher. Come on, somebody. There are genuine supplies that Jesus himself is giving through these offices. And we are not going to presume to tell you who you're going to be listening to. But you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And whenever you listen to and you hear the voice of, of, of one of these men and women of God speaking, you say like, yeah, that resonates on the inside. What is that? Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit saying yes. The same way when I walk through those doors, I made up my mind.
I mean, I came through the doors and I heard uh, Pastor Mark Thomas for the first time over 30 years ago. And it's like, whoa, I hadn't. Listen, I made an inner vow. I'm done with church. I've had it with church. I am not going to get involved in it. Everybody's always pulling on me. I grew up in a ministry family and I shared this in the morning service. I'm not afraid to share it again. I was at the end. I, I had relocated to another place. Of all places, I went to Bible school. I don't know why. Because I had had it with church. And I just was going to go into kind of like a more commercial music, jazz and commercial music zone. And I received a call from him. And he said, what are you doing? I said, well, we just graduated from Bible school. Well, are you coming back to California? Well, yeah, well, what for? And he talked to me and started just asking me, well, we could use your help. And I was very tentative because I'm done with church. Somebody say, I'm done. I've seen so much funny business being in the ministry from a ministry family and seeing things where people that they did the best they could, but it wasn't good enough for me. And I saw people getting hurt and I got hurt and I'm tired of being hurt. But you know what I said? I came in as a consultant years ago. And you know, the interesting thing is God, I gave God another chance when that MG card came and I came and I saw and I sat under that and there was integrity I found myself a real person that stood, two people that stood in the office of the pastor with integrity. And I felt so safe. And over three decades later, here I am. I'm still here. Hallelujah. I love them to pieces. I said, trust them. I've seen the type of integrity that they have. So are there still men and women of God of integrity out there? Is it worth your time to seek God about who is going to speak into your life? absolutely the truth but then there were other people that we were going to talk and of course you know the 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 scripture for that my friends is in hebrews and in other places in in scripture where where uh paul says follow me as i follow christ in hebrews it says this be you followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises that's absolutely essential don't follow a loser follow a winner follow somebody that actually has inherited something A promise. A big one. The bigger the promise, the better. Hallelujah. All right. So then there was another thing about relationships here, and that is personal relationships where God wants, God brings people into your life, and they're not ministry gifts, but we're talking about church. The Bible talks about don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as you see the day approaching. And the thought here is this, friends, that iron sharpens iron. We need godly friends in our life. We need people that are going to speak the truth in love to us. Hello. We need people that are going to be able to stand in faith with us when we're going through something. Like Pastor says, we need faith buddies. Everybody needs faith buddies. Amen. And you need someone that's going to encourage you to move up, not down. We do not, I do not need a, who needs another downer? Raise your hand. All right. I didn't think so. Because uh, he said, did you need a downer? I don't need no downer. No, thank you. I need people that will help lift me up. People that encourage me. That's right. And so we, some of these examples that we saw was like Naomi. And uh, I just got to say something about this before we move ahead. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, we did talk about Jose. Naomi and, and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Remember that Ruth made a vow. She says, I'm not going to leave you. Please don't ask me to leave you. I don't want to leave you. Where you go, I'm going to go. Your God's going to be my God. Uh, your people are going to become my people. And I have a good one for you. Some of us were handed a card. Our families were nuts, fruits, and flakes. 
<laughs> but I got, a, I, got a new, I got a new revelation for you. If you got handed a, a bad set of cards, choose your own family. Ruth did. I mean, find another brother. Oh, I, I don't have a brother. I have no steel brothers. Well, choose another one. Find you a godly man of God. Or I don't have a sister. Well, get yourself a sister in the Lord. Did you know that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother? Come on, somebody. I'm talking real good right now. Release your faith for the right friend. Release your faith for the right brother and sister in the Lord. Well, my mommy died. I'll tell you something. I don't know if she's here tonight, but my mommy passed away in, 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 in March of last year. And every once in a while, you know, I get sad inside. And I, rem- I saw Marcella going by over there. And I said, Marcella, come over here. And I just said, can I have a hug? I need a hug right about now. She's like one of the mothers in the church, you know. And I just gave her a hug and it really helped me. And you know what? If, if, if your mom and dad have gone on to be Lord, there's other moms and dads in the body of Christ. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I, had, I felt real good. I love you, Marcella. I love you, Mom. Anyway, God is good. And then we talked about, oh my goodness, I forget, you have to get the tape, Making Room for the Anointing, great, great story. But right now, we're going to talk, we, we talked about relationships, how you need to really release your faith for proper relationships. When, when it's your turn and an R card happens, a lot of times, the reason why we don't respond to the R card, which is the relationship card, is because we've been hurt before, all right? Because it, we, we don't know, like, well, uh, 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 this person hurt me, and, 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 and uh, I don't want to be hurt again. But if God is bringing someone into your life, and He's presenting you the R card, then you need to take the H card, which is the hurt, and the B card, which is the bitterness card. You need to set that down so that you can pick up the new R card, the new relationship. God's got some new relationships for you. He's got divine connections for you. Hallelujah. If you, were, if you were a businessman and you had a partner before and the partner did you wrong and cheated you and ran off with your idea and, and made millions on it. I mean, we have something, something like that in our family, Calico Hardwoods and, and, and that. They were uh, Kim's dad. Kim, Pastor Kimberly's dad was in, in the gun business, uh, a hardwood and that. And, he, and something went wrong and, in, in that business. And so, so they, they bought him out. And those guys eventually became millionaires, you know, Calico Hardwoods. It's a true story. And he would probably be a millionaire along with them. But they died young. (laughs) And he's still alive. Hallelujah. Enjoying his ice cream. (laughs) True story, right, honey? You know what? You cannot curse whom God has blessed. So let me just tell you something. If somebody did you wrong, when that R card comes in, don't be afraid to grab it. Pick it up. Amen, somebody? Pick it up. So relationships. Praise the Lord. All right. Now let's move to what we're trying to go on here. Moving on to tonight. I'm on another page and we'll just see how many we can get through. And I'll promise not to keep you here until midnight. We'll probably be another uh, maybe 15 minutes or so. Are you ready? So the scripture that we're going to talk about tonight is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. This is a little, I guess, little text for tonight's lesson on as we play our, our card game. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. Can you say that with me? Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. When you find something good, you've got to hang on. It's very simple. It's not a complicated game. When you find something good, hang on to it. When you find something bad, let it go. Fair enough? 
All right. So let's talk about the O card. What's the O card? Offense. I wonder if that's a keeper, the O card, the offense card. Look what it says in Mark chapter 11, verse 25. Now, listen carefully. These are the doctrines of the church. These are the teachings of the church. The teachings, really, of Christianity, the teachings of Christ. And as you take these cards and play them, you'll find it will be well with you. What we're about to talk about in the next few minutes, it's not glamorous. These are not the real flamboyant plays. These aren't the big canasta, or this isn't the, uh, you know, the all seven hearts, all in a straight royal flush or whatever. This is not that. These are some real, can I just say, plain Jane things that just, if, if, if you don't look for them, you may miss it. <laughs> and yet these are the plays, these are the cards that are going to help give you staying power in your life. Without these, you won't get to the end and you cannot win without these. You need these. So, you'll bear with me just because they're not flamboyant cards. The O card. Listen what, what Mark eleven twenty five. Jesus speaking in, in the Amplified Bible says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop. Let it go. Leave it. Leave it. I'm going to tell you something. Offense is an ugly thing. Ugly. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times people, they, they see us because we've been here for a while. They, they've seen us 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 15 years ago. And they come and they look at us and say, wow, you look the same. You look so young. Well, what, 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 thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, what, what is that? It's called... Godly living. We used this principle right here. And I learned it from the ministry gift. I didn't just read it someplace. It was, it was modeled to me. I saw it in action. And I said, I could do this. I can do this. And when offense presented itself, I'm not saying, you know, you know, you know when I'm talking about that knot in your stomach, you are so upset at that person. How could they do that to me? That hurts so much and it's like, you're so upset about this. They betrayed me. Like, what were they thinking? Oh, that's offense, right? And you want to get, your flesh wants to get back at those people. You want to give them a piece of your mind, right? Well, not Paul. He's so sweet and kind. Certainly not Louisa. Oh, she's kind and sweet. Offense will eat your lunch. Whew. So I learned how to, when something like that comes, I learned how to drop that card. That's a bad, when my turn came, drop that card, that O card, like, like it was poison, because it is poison. And pick up a forgiveness card. And pick up the L card. Go to, you need to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and pick up that L card and understand that love takes no account of a suffered wrong. Try it sometime. That's really hard to do in your own strength. But to thank God it's not our own strength. It's His love on the inside of us. We know that the love of God constrained us and it's poured out by the Holy Ghost in our hearts. And you can do this, church. Players, when you come to the table, offense happens. You can work and operate in the love of God. It gives you staying power to make it all the way to the end. Because love never fails. 
never fades out, never becomes obsolete. Love believes the best of every person. You find yourself praying for people that despitefully use you and hate you and used you. Boy, did that sound vicious. (laughs) But it's like the love card, the L card. Hallelujah. You drop the O card and you trumped it with the L card. Hallelujah. And you forgive them. Hallelujah. How about this one? I like this one. The R card. It's, it's the righteousness card. I like the righteousness card. You traded sin when the S card came along. You traded it and you had... It's like the get out of jail free card in Monopoly. You have that righteousness card. You know what? Thank God you can confess. You, if, if you miss it, if you miss it... I did say if, right? If you miss it, First John 1, 9, you can confess your sins... To him, just say the same thing that God says about it. Amen. And he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And it washes you and purges you. You know, that phenomenon. Think about this. Please think about this. That phenomenon doesn't happen to just everybody and anybody. It happens to those people that are actually received the sacrifice of Christ that are born again Christians that are actually doing it. Amen. But think about the average person on the street that that doesn't even think of the things of God or even worth knowing. I'm an atheist. I'm going to crusade for you. Don't sing Silent Night in our public schools. It's an offense to us. Like, dear Lord, that means every day they're just accumulating more and more unrighteousness and more and more sin. What a horrible burden to bear. And do you know what sin does? You, You do know what sin does, don't you? The wages of sin is... They start reaping death on all corners. Hallelujah. But thank God the righteous people are not that way. We confess things we've received. We know that Jesus Christ has become unto us what? Righteousness. He's become our righteousness. Hallelujah. Like I said, this isn't really exciting. You're not going to really shout about this. But you know what? When, when the law, when the law of sin and death comes knocking at your door, and you have that R card, you're going to go like, oops, righteousness. What does Isaiah 54, 17 say? No, say it, Paul. No, no weapon, weapon. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, you shall be condemned. Hallelujah. And you'll show them to be in the wrong. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So check it out. You can be confident that when destruction is going all over the place, you've got the R card like, dude, boom, like it puts a dead stop to that thing because you've got righteousness in in operation in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody, well, I won't ask you to shout because some things like this, it's really, it's just, this is just everyday life, you know, like we're the righteous and okay, we got the righteousness, we got the breastplate of righteousness, okay, you have no idea how many calamities accidents and attacks the the breastplate of righteousness has taken care of for you only heaven will tell only heaven will tell that's why it's not so dramatic oh come on christian you become acclimated to it you just you expect things to go right you just became acclimated to the fact that no weapon formed against you shall prosper that when bad news comes you say no problem it's all right. Everything's going to be okay. I'm operating in God's righteousness. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm preaching real good, even though it doesn't seem like shouting material, but that's okay. 
So we are to be constantly renewed in the spirit of our mind, having the fresh mental and spiritual attitude, put on the new nature in the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. Praise God. Okay, let's, let's do this one. Let's talk about the P card. The P card. The P card in this case is the past card. Your past. <laughs> like somebody said, ooh. <laughs> your past. Can we talk about our past? All right. The thing about our past is that there are things that were good in our past. But you know, we're not supposed to rest on past victories. We're supposed to go from glory to glory. Don't, don't just sit in a rocking chair and determine that you're going to rely on the good old days. I'm sorry, friend. I'm not going to rest on the good old days. I'm looking forward and pressing toward the mark of the good new days. I've got a future. How about you? I am not done. I'm not talking about preaching. I mean, you're not done living. This game is not over. We've got more to win. (laughs) Hallelujah. So don't rest on your past things. Like he said in Jeremiah, he says, or was that Isaiah? Consider not the former things. Don't stay. Don't park it over there. Even can I even say past victories? Don't just park it over there. You've got things to do. People will see things to do. You've got more moves of God. You've got some moves. When you come to that table, be ready for whatever Jesus has for you. Because you're not supposed to limit your future by your past. Can I say that again? Don't limit your future because of your past. And this is where we are going to talk a little bit, a few scriptures I feel impressed. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, and hear your familiar verse of scripture. Brethren, I do not count myself, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 15, I am reading from the New King, King James Version, like my, our friend Michael Powers in the third division of Philippians. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if anything you think otherwise, or any then you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. It's God's will for you to be a forward thinker. Listen, this is a lie of the devil, and I'm fighting it. Just the same way that you have to fight it. You know, this idea that something bad's out there in the future, that you're not going to be ready for it, that you're, you know, that you're too old. How about this one? You're too young. You're too this. You're too that. Friends. God has a future for you, and it's full of glory, and it's bright. And we've got to face our future with faith. Well, I'm just a grandma. No, you're not just a grandma. You're a covenant child of God. (laughs) You're a king and a priest unto God. You decree things, and they are established. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just fired up about this. But like I said, let's, let's move ahead. The past. So I'm going to read something 
to you about the past and then maybe cover one or two more because I've got, I'm only on page 13. Who knows? This might stretch out to another time we meet. I have no idea. But we're going to talk about this right here. A really vivid example about the past is the story of Lot and Lot's wife. Are you familiar with that story? All right. So, as we examine this story in Genesis chapter 19, first we start with verse 16 about the mercy of God. And by the way, the M card is the mercy card. And thank God that's like a wild card. You know, like when you really mess up and how many of you have, have messed up before and you said, oh God, give me mercy and God pulled you out. You have the M card. Lot is in Sodom and Gomorrah and the angels are there and they're telling him what's about to happen. He says, get out, go now, which let's just pause for a little bit of a story here. You've got to know when to hold them. You've know, got to know when to fold them. You've got to know when to walk away and you've got to know when to run. The angels came to Lot and said, run, go now, go. But look what Lot did. While Lot, while he lingered, while he lingered, serious? Are you, are you serious right now? They just told you a Holocaust is about to happen. Get out of Dodge now. Take this serious. So that's the W card. It's called warning. <laughs> God gives you the warning card. All right. Listen carefully to me now. I've seen, I've seen this over and over in th- over 30 years of ministry. I have seen point blank God give people a warning. And the word was very clear about one thing or another. And they did not take the warning. And today they're in some very difficult situations. Very, very difficult. Many of them have lost their families. I, I don't want to tell you the, the, the enormous amount of pain that they have experienced in their life because they did not pick up the W card. Is the W card, speaking of a warning, is that from God? If it comes from, should we take it seriously, Helen? God was warning Lot, say, get out. But he lingered. So this is what happened. The men took hold of his hand. Of course, these men were the angels. They took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful. There's that M card again to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, escape for your life. This is serious. But see, the same way that Esau scorned his birthright, he didn't scorn the move of God that was happening. Listen, saint, when you come to church, this is, in, in many cases, it's life and death. He said, run for your life. So you see the imperative. Escape for your life. Do not look behind you or stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. And then, of course, there's verse 24. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Lord out of the heavens, verse 25, so he overthrew those cities and the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife, read it with me, but his wife looked back 
behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Will you give me about five minutes to go over this? And then we'll, and I just want to take just a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to read a, a little something to show. Bear with you. This will answer a few questions. Lot ran his daughters close behind, but his wife from behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. She lagged behind. She turned and watched the flaming sulfur fall from the sky, consuming everything she valued. Then it consumed her. The Hebrew for look back means more than a passive glance over one's shoulder. It means to regard, to consider, and to be a ta- pen a ta- pay attention to. The scriptures don't say whether her death was a punishment for valuing her old life so much that she hesitated in obeying or if it was just simple consequence of her reluctance to leave her life quickly. Either she identified too much with the city and joined it or she neglected to fully obey God's warning and she died. But the clue to how this happened seems to lie in the words that his wife looked back from behind him. Listen, the phrase indicates that Lot's wife was behind him and, and has the meaning lagging behind with longing. She was not only some distance behind. Come on, somebody. She was some distance behind the others, but as she looked at the cities being destroyed, she longed for her old life there, and her body had moved out, although her body had moved out of Sodom, her heart was still back there. So please notice this. It's clear that from the record, she had distanced herself, like while they're running and fleeing for their life, she stopped. And so there's a greater and greater distance between her and the rest of her family. So there's a gap between them. Are you listening? And while she not only was a gap, she disobeyed God. Uh, This is life and death. The W card. We got to pay attention when you get the W card. I know this is a little hard, but you can handle it. There was a distance between them. And then she stood still and she looked back longingly. So she disobeyed God. And the same judgment that fell on the others fell on her. Now listen carefully. Judgment is not meant for the children of God. Okay? We are not the children of judgment. We are the children of promise. However, if you position yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time, and you override the W card, the admonition of Scripture, and you do something anyhow, you are on your own. That's a scary place to be. Now, I know God is merciful, and my experience can... I'll just... I, I, this is my experience. God gives people a lot of chances. Chance after chance after chance. You know... If you're, if you're dealing with drugs, if you're dealing with stealing, if you're dealing with, with fornication, if you're dealing with pornography, whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're dealing with fear, God will give you a chance uh, time and time again. But there is, a, there is a point where you're coming down to the last few plays. Listen carefully. And somehow or another, you've got to make the right play. Make the cards are almost out. Make the right stinking play, will you? 
Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. How many times do you have to hear that? And I realize that preaching on H, holiness, the holiness card, that's not a popular message. And I realize we're not hanging from the chandeliers. But tonight's a very practical pastoral message. This is not flamboyant like the morning message, but this will help you get to the finish line and help you to win when you put your cards on the table. Uh Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. amen. So where were we? God is merciful. Was he merciful to Lot and his family? He was. But she went way over the top. I think it's when we go way over the top I mean, I don't know how far the distance was. How many warnings? Oh, God, I don't even want to say this. But I'm going to say this because it may not be anyone in this room. It may be someone watching, you know, through the Internet or something. How many warnings did God have to give you, sir? How many warnings, ma'am, does God have to give you before you realize this is serious? We are the devil plays for keeps. And if you play in darkness... You're, you're in dangerous territory. Wow, that was sober. Okay, I want to get off of that. Just, we need to learn how to honor the Word of God. Honor the W card. And so, what does it say here? It, so, it shows how she lagged way behind. And, uh, wow. The angel gave specific instruction. Look not behind thee, lest thou be consumed. But Lot's wife simply ignored the warning and received the penalty the angel had warned her about. And then she was consumed. So we're not children of judgment. I better get to something really fast so we could be shouting before we leave. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, wow. Just, to, just let's see if I could find one that we could shout on. Hallelujah. I don't want you to think. Uh, oh, okay. Here's one. This is the R card. The resist card. I like this card. You know, this one works, some cards work in combination. The S card, in this case, would be submit, and then the R card, which is the resist. You gotta, whenever you're playing these cards, you have to play them at the same time. See, it doesn't submit to God, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, submit to Him, and then resist, and then resist. I said, and then resist. So you gotta play these cards in a common, it's a combination play. See, a lot of Christians, God bless us, we're just, they're trying to sneak out. They're trying to say like, you know what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do is I'm going to humble myself before God. Oh God, oh God. I'm going to submit to God. And they'll, they'll, when something bad comes into life, an assault against them, they'll play the S card. What's wrong with that? That's not good enough. You, the scripture clearly teaches that you have to play both cards at the same time. There's another person that's living loose as a goose. They're not submitted to God. They're not submitted to anything. But they heard somewhere that you could resist the devil. So the devil comes knocking on their door, some horrible attack. He goes, ah, I know the play here. Let me get the R card. Aha! They're treating it like a rabbit's foot. The R card does not work. You cannot resist the devil while you're playing with him. Come on, everybody. If you're submitted to the devil and then you're trying to use the R card, it doesn't work that way. But if you're, somebody shout, if you're submitted to God. I said, if you're submitted to God, if you're submitted to his word and you've been holding these cards quietly in your hand. See, nobody knows the cards that you've got. 
Yeah, people don't know. The devil doesn't know the cards that you've got, but you've got these cards. You've got submission unto God in your card hand. Oh, and you fan them out real good, you know. And then you got then you got the other card, the R card. You heard about this R card that you could resist the devil. And then you already got instruction on what the game, the rules of the game are. He comes knocking at your door, tries to hit you with some strange old disease. Or he tries to bring strife into your house. Husband and wife, listen carefully. Sometimes a third party tries to come into your house. It's called the spirit of strife. But you see, you're submitted to God. You got the S card. And then you have the R card, resist. So you, you could rise up in the boat of your life and play the S and the R card. Whammo! And resist the devil right there. Play those and stop him right where he was. On the onset. Just stop him dead in his tracks. I said, stop him dead in his tracks. See, a lot of people, bless our hearts, we, we try to do things halfway, and that's why it doesn't work. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to play this thing according to the rules, or how about this, according to the instruction. Submit to God, resist the devil. Isn't that what the scripture says? And what's going to happen? He's going to flee from you. All right, this is what I had in my heart. We're going to stop right there. I have... Gosh, I have notes and notes and notes. Who knows? Maybe we'll play cards another time. Hallelujah. But this is what I felt like we should do. We need to pray for the body of Christ. Yeah. Because these are, these are perilous times that we're living in. And uh, what we're going to do right now, we're just going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray for the body of Christ. First, let's thank Him for His Word. Amen. Father, thank You for Your Word.